This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 66. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one vomiting minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. <laughs> and Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. <laughs> and- Hello. 
And let's get right into it. Minute 66 starts with a nice pan across the bar and an evening out. And it ends with Tommy talking about uh, your favorite part of the, the chicken. <laughs> we'll get to it. I was yeah. going to say a thing, but I'm going to hold on to it. You know because what? I, I, uh, I, I'm in this show to live with it. As I always do, I like I, you know, I do research for the for the fun facts for every minute. And for this one, I thought, well, maybe I'll do something on body de- decomposition. Yeah. How did that and work? So, out? so I googled de- decomposition and you didn't don't accidentally do- have it on the image search, did you? Don't do that. Yeah. Well, you know, when you Google, you get you get the top yeah. images at the top of the page. Don't Ugh. Google that. Ugh. Horrible. I decided not to have one about that as soon as I saw the pictures. Good idea. Nope. So, uh, so before we start this minute, there's one thing I've noticed about this movie, and I don't know if you guys have noticed it too, but if you notice the surprising number of tra- scene transitions that happen on the fifth minute. I haven't. S- several. There, th- this is another case of it. So, like, l- the last week on Friday, we ended with the dinner at, at Paulie's, and on the exact minute at the at the exact mark it transitions to this shot of the bar and throughout the past hour that we've done there's been like five times where it's been a perfect cut like it's almost like Scorsese knew we were going to do this this but, is like one of those Pink Floyd yeah uh, Wizard of Oz <laughs> things right where it's like it's complete bullshit but you can see it if you're looking for it we've had we've had very few Monday like Monday episodes that have been in the middle of a you know what I mean like there have been some that have have, have jumped the weekend <laughs> and have you know but like there have been several that it starts a new scene on Monday which I like which is convenient so thank you Marty <laughs> all right we're at we're at the sweet nightclub and it's a and it's got some red tones to it as the evening as the we pan across the bar and uh our our first grouping we see is Maury arguing with uh Frankie Carbone and another guy cuz he surprisingly wants his money. He wants his $200. Yep, he wants his money. He wants his money. He wants his money. It's just like baseball cards. No, he says, "Why don't you go pitch baseball cards?" Otherwise yeah. pitch baseball cards. <laughs> which is the fun fact for this episode, which is <laughs> Pitching baseball wow. cards was a game kids played. It was kind of like bocce or uh, shuffleboard in which they, you threw baseball cards at a brick wall. and The one who threw the card closest to the wall won all the cards. I remember that. Did you ever play that, Connor? I'm sure I did. Yeah, I did. I bet those cards from 1960 or whatever would have been worth a lot of money now. Yeah, but they all got they got all beaten up when you. Yeah, threw it's very wall. damaging. Right, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So they wouldn't have been. It's, it seems like a waste. But at the same time, had they not pitched those baseball cards, then they then the other ones that survived would not have been rare and therefore not valuable. Thank you so for explaining. Get, thank you for explaining supply and demand. So there was some. There were re- so what there is were it? Regional- there's a lot of something. <laughs> it's <worth> less. <laughs> it's something something called do economics. Oh, sorry, wrong movie. That's yeah. also the wrong economic theory. But uh, <laughs> there, were, there were different regional rules to the game. In some games, if you threw the card and it stood up on its end against the wall, uh, you got all the cards. That's right. not a win. But uh, that very rarely happened. I should never have done that with my Honus Wagner card. It no. was stupid, but in the moment, I just you you wanted the other you wanted those cards. You had a good well, game going. Had, that was he had a second year Roger Clemens card, and I thought, all right, well that's <laughs> I love Josh <laughs> talking baseball. Well, the Honus Wagner card was so small, it was aerodynamic. You could really fling it. Yeah, yeah, they were they were longer and thinner then. Yes. Why would you uh, think a second year Roger Clemens card would be worth anything? It's That's the joke. It, that was the joke. <laughs> you see, I know it was. I was grossly uh, uh, comparing uh, yes. values. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, I like. I think in this in this bit here, Frank and Maury are just living their roles. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's just. This is what you expect out of these guys. You expect some Italian Grish mumbling, 
and Maury wanting his money, and that's what you get, and it's it's never not satisfying. Is there a scene with Maury where he's not wanting his money? When he's <laughs> oh, when he when he owes money. Yeah, but it's all about money. <laughs> it's all when about he's money. Just about, when, well, later when he's just about to like that, he's happy there. He sings to he sings to Henry at one point. That's not about money. Well, well, he's happy because they just did a, a job that's going to make him money. Let's not get ahead of let's not get ahead of ourselves. Once again, Josh going ahead in the movie. Well, you asked a question. <laughs> you, you asked the question. What do you want? I want my money. I want my money. So, uh, I also oh. like as, as the camera pans past them, you see Henry and Janice in yeah. deep in conversation, and Janice is not happy about something. Bo- bored women everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of bored women at this bar. Yeah. Yeah. But Janice is annoyed when uh, when Jimmy pulls Henry aside. Ron, how do you feel about Jimmy's coat? Unfortunate. <laughs> it is, in fact, literally in my notes, it says right here, "Unfortunate blazer on Jimmy." It, it <laughs> well, is, it's the seventies. It is a it is a black and white check checkered plaid esque but it's like plaid at a focus plaid you know that 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 look you know that that i guess checkered but like really big it's not good it's not a good look so it's, it's the kind of thing you would have seen the bad guy wear in a like a caddyshack esque movie yes yeah 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 it is unfortunate yeah so but that said henry's combination of purple wide collar shirt and gray blazer is quite the look what percentage of Henry's outfits do you think you'd want overall? At, at this point, it's, 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 like, it's, it's like right around 75. I think that's fair. Are you so, applying that to the whole film? Yeah, yeah, the whole film. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty good. Yeah, because the thing is, is that Henry... I don't think I like 75% of my own clothes. Henry, Henry was... Uh, well, that's just sad. Henry was uh, very fashion-forward, and there's a couple of poor decisions throughout the movie, but for the most part, I, I, could, I could definitely get, get on board with that wardrobe. Well, so. if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna swing for it, yeah, which is what he's doing. You're gonna, you're gonna make some missteps. It's right, fine. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah and Ron, at a certain point in your life, you just gotta go for it. You just gotta think, go for it. Yeah. I think you should just make it your life's mission to just go for it, and have a closet full of <laughs> outfits that are that closely match those in this movie that he wears. Well, you know, you know, as I said earlier this summer, Connor, to you, my new life goal is to uh, is, is to get a white uh, tuxedo jacket. <laughs> That's right. And start when start 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 sporting that look. You actually could pull it off. I'm. I, 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 I'll be honest, but I think it, you can't be the guy that has. I'm. Boy, I'm picturing it. Hang on. <laughs> it's it's hard to picture. All right, carry on. You have like you can't have like one or two outfits. You got to be the guy that has all the outfits. Right. Yeah. That's, no, you're, that's the guy that dresses like a '70s gangster. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then and then slowly you start taking over the persona. Like you just getting more. Start getting more and more mad about things that don't matter. <laughs> Perceived slights, like all of a sudden, he's been a little, he's been a little aggressive lately. A little he? on edge, a little on edge. So, uh, uh, what I like about this little exchange between Jimmy and Henry is that it gives us uh, time. Uh, uh, there's a subtle suggestion of time. Uh, it, it, so, yeah. so Jimmy pulls Henry aside yes. to tell him that well, remember, remember, remember that thing they took care of upstate. Well, they got to move it because they're going to build condos on the property. And Henry's reaction was, Paulie was just asking about that. So this is days after the dinner at Paulie's. And then Henry says, it's been six months. Right. So huh. it gives us the timing that, so that dinner last week that we talked about at Paulie's was six months after the Billy Bats murder. And here we are, six, still six months after, and now they have to move the movie. I also feel like it's been six months since we saw the murder. <laughs> <laughs> I really owed it. It's true. So. You really owed it. I, I liked it. it. 
You did. Informed. Uh, um, so, so that leads to my question: Is that how does Jimmy know they're building condos on the property? Because his friend owns the property. Oh, okay, there we go. And he's been using it to dump bodies. <laughs> okay, so there's a question: <laughs> Does the friend is know? It one of those? Well, is it one of those? Hey, do you mind <laughs> that land you have, or was it you got that land up there, huh? <laughs> one of those two things. I think it's the latter. I think, I think it's probably the latter. It's, it's the latter. Yeah. He'd yeah. have to kill his friend if he if he. Well, now we have to. Then then we have to challenge the notion of the word friend. Well, I think that's that's up for debate in this entire every well, episode. Okay. In this yeah. world, friend is a different meaning. Yeah. yeah. Also, there's a lot of things I do on your property, Josh. You don't know about. I figure <laughs> it's better for the friendship if I don't tell you. Are you here? I you know don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. Please I don't come. tell you for a reason. Please come up here, someone. <laughs> someone, come visit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No. And so I, I. Yeah. That it's it's definitely the latter that he knows his friend has his property and he's just taking it upon himself to deposit some things there. And this is a situation where the friend goes, "Hey, guess what? I'm 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 developing my land with condos." And he goes, "Ah, oh, great! Oh, that's oh, great! I gotta go! I gotta go, yeah, I gotta go right now!" <laughs> Here, here's another interesting thing, though. They use the that thing code. Yes. And it's six months later. He knows right away. He knows right away because he yeah. says the, that thing we took care of upstate. How that, many things could? How many things of state yeah. could there have been? Well, and also it's on Henry's mind because Paulie was just asking about it. That's true. So that would indicate. That Henry's uh, ignorance on the subject in the previous scene was genuine. Oh, yes, n- yes. No, oh, I don't think so. I still, th- I still think he knew what Polly was asking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah probably. I just agree with whoever the last thing anyway. Yes. Even if you say yes, yes, <laughs> and it's, it's it's incredibly affirming, and I want to <laughs> on, on behalf of the team. <laughs> 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 I also oh. like that Henry's got a nice glass of white wine. <laughs> he's keeping it light. Yeah. This, that guy, you know, he's he's just he's just between two wives at this point. So he's just whatever he can get. Yeah. You gonna finish that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We gotta get it out. We gotta get it out of there. Good De Niro. Get it out. Good De Niro. So, so we mo- are we moving on to the getting it out part? I guess we're moving red on. Red light. The red light. The red oh. light continues from the bar to the outside. Do you like that? The nice theme. This is a red minute. It's funny because this movie doesn't isn't doesn't seem to me like a movie that really plays with color all that much in that sort of s- classic cinema sense, you know, yeah. like they don't just splash red all over the place like a Chinese movie or like something. John Ford, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, so- but he does do it in the, in these scenes where they're or did the you know they're, they're when they killed him the first time there was mm-hmm. a lot of color use and when they buried him the first time there was the red. everything around bats, which I guess makes sense because it's the big bad of the movie. Yes, it's yeah. the red thing. The thing that. <laughs> Destroys everything. I wrote the red glow. I just think this is a gorgeous shot. Yeah, it's glowing hazy mist. That's all red for whatever. Who's why is it red? We don't know. Well, the first time you could say tail lights because that kind of worked. Right. And as we came in, like in the cold open, you heard you know the cars and the and the horn and all that stuff. And the red was clearly you know it was just part of the the tail light. You're at the back of the car. That made sense. But here, like you'd have to have like six cars backed up with the lights on. Right. right. Yeah, they, they actually got six cars backed up with the lights on for this. Yeah. In fact, they each individually drove. That definitely didn't happen. Those guys love to drive together. Yeah, they do. They really do. There's, well, never, be there's never I'll meet you there in my own car. No, no. They want to yeah. be able to sleep, you know. Yeah. Someone's no, but just, just in whatever. Like, I'm thinking of all the gangster movies, and they, they always carpool. Well, it's the camaraderie aspect as well. People who don't. Spend 15 years podcasting together. Usually like to spend time with one another. Hey, listen. If we had to go upstate to get rid of a body, I would want to ride with you, Connor. I That's totally true. would. Yeah, I, I would, wouldn't I would shy away from that. Have we, ever, have, have we ever been on a road trip? 
Connor and I have. Oh, I think I would murder you. <laughs> I, 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 Josh, I'm pretty sure I would murder you before Trenton. Because I'm assuming we're going south. <laughs> when you said Trenton, <laughs> yeah. I just started thinking about Revolutionary War facts. I can tell you about uh, George. Oh, Washington. I'm sure you could. Different show. Different so I, show. And this, so is, this is where the point you would be murdered. We'd be driving yeah, exactly. Trenton. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you what happened Trenton. <laughs> my, and Ron would point, drive the car off a cliff. No, my point is that that reaction in my head made me go, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, fine. That's fair. Connor and I have taken. I think I feel like the. the I feel like we both individually done stuff with Connor, but you and I cannot do things. <laughs> Connor and I have been in hot tubs together all over the world. Oh, God. Anyway, so uh, well, well, so they're upstate digging out the body, and I'm glad Let to see. Let home just live with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad to see all three of. I'm glad to see all three of them digging this time, That's as opposed to just that. Well. At yeah, least they're exactly. all digging this time. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's a time crunch at this point, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody, anybody, you know, lagging is going is to get. Plus, he's probably all soupy in there. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Henry would throw up if you said that, but Tommy would think it's. Funny. I wanted to throw up earlier when I was oh, looking at God. Google Images. Is there is there a better music cue than this one? How great does this song work in, with this scene? Yeah, and it actually carries over from the bar scene, which I thought was nice because part of me thought that there was like a cut, but it wasn't. So what we're talking about now is uh, remember, open parentheses, walking in the sand, closed parentheses, by the Shangri Las, 1964, written by George Shadow Morton, who you may remember. Uh, we, from we, earlier in the show, we talked about we talked about the Shangri La's leader of the pack, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. George Shadow Morton also produced. Yeah, yeah. The song uh, was uh, covered uh, by Aerosmith in 1980, and, um, and they had the, the uncredited Mary Weiss of the Shangri La's uh, on that song on that cover singing the backup vocals. Yeah, it's also covered by the Beach Boys. It's covered by Amy Winehouse live, uh, apparently, and John Frusciante of the Chili Peppers. I didn't. Did. John, wow, I didn't know about Amy Winehouse, but that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah she can, she can do those songs. Could have, um, could have. So Morton, I'm not, I'm not, I can't. I, it's, it's actually still too raw. I can't take it. <laughs> uh, I love her voice. Okay, did you see the documentary? Uh, haven't yet. Oh, you should. You would enjoy it then. Well, it's on the list, it's not. I actually saw um, that. I saw that in the movie theater for some reason. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, go so, on. So here, it's interesting about Morton because this sounds sounds kind of like a wise guy. If, if you're looking at him, he's looking to break into the business, uh, into the music business. He goes to the the Brill Building in New York City to see an old girlfriend, and uh, and she she was a su- successful pop songwriter. And then uh, their uh, that girl's uh, partner uh, asked they didn't like each other. So then he asked what he did for a living, and because he was being spiteful, Morton said, "I write songs." Even though he had never written one, and so <laughs> he awesome. said, "Well, what kind?" And then Morton was like, "Hit songs." <laughs> so nice. I said, I said, "Well, I'd love to hear one of your songs. Come back the next week with something." So Morton went out and he hired a teenage group from Queens called the Shangri-Las to sing. <laughs> they didn't have a song, so he immediately wrote this song: "Remember Walking in the Sand." <laughs> wow. For spite. That is and the it, greatest uh, instance of self-fulfilling prophecy I've ever heard of. I mean, great. Good job, George Shadow Martin. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the, the song was a hit. It was a number five on the charts. It was. It, yeah, it, it he, told, realized, he realized he didn't have a song. He was driving back. He pulled his car over next to next to the beach, and he wrote it there, <laughs> and which is why it has seagulls and surf sounds. Wow. <laughs> use that. Use the girls in the demo. He produced it himself. Uh, there's a rumor 
There's a rumor that Billy Joel was the one actually playing the piano chords well, on the right. opening. I did read that. Well, yeah, that's 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 similar to the lead of the pack story. Is that Billy yeah. Billy Joel? Billy Joel played for him on a lot of the demos, but not the final versions. So yeah, I that that story that story, <laughs> like he just the guy didn't like him, and so he just kept lying, and then it became true. It's like a George Costanza story, except he was super successful. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, but it's a great. I mean, like it's a very spooky. Like it's it's yeah, yeah you know, like it, it it's very like it, it for what they're doing, and like which is weird because it's like a romantic song. I mean, like it's it's you know it's this idea of you know remembering being together and all that sort of stuff. But it totally fits what's the action in the scene, which is them digging up a body. <laughs> I feel like there's another song that I always think this one is. Um. That's got kind of that sort of surf sound of being like in a little distance and everything, yeah. and it's kind of spookier. But it's never that, and I can't think of what the song is right now because I'm thinking of this song, because um, I don't remember this song. I don't recognize it, but obviously it fits in the scene, and it's yeah. a thing I've heard many times. What I find interesting about this minute is that you know we, we've talked a lot about how this movie is very closely based on the Wise Guy book, which was you know generated from Henry Hill himself telling his story. Whether or not it's accurate or not, that's up for debate. But he very often portrays himself as weak. Yes. In a world dominated by strong alpha male men. And I, I know it's a, it's a way of being sympathetic, but it's, also, it's interesting that he chose to be sympathetic by portraying himself to be usually the weak guy in the group. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what struck me about this particular scene is that he's got to jump out of the hole and go throw up. And the Jimmy, other two are cracking and, jokes. Yeah, and Jimmy and Tommy are laughing and making jokes and is completely unaffected by this. Yeah. And so I get it. He, he, he seems less like less of a monster, but also, you know, he, he comes across as you'd think someone trying to tell their own story would make themselves a little more heroic. Right, yeah. Or yeah. tougher. In well, he was also a really weird dude. In real life, and possibly a liar, so who knows? But <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Anyone yeah. else have anything for this minute? I don't. No. Fuck right. count is zero. Fuck count is zero. There you I go. All right, we're gonna we're gonna be okay this week. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so that wraps up minute number sixty six. So tune in tomorrow for minute number sixty seven. And until then, make sure that you're following us out there on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Goodfellas Min and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find everything, all the back episodes and all that fun stuff at goodfellowsminute.com. If you'd like to support the show and if you like what you're listening to, we can use your support. We thank everyone who has been supporting the short, the show. Uh, you can go to goodfellowsminute.com slash support where you can find a link to our Patreon as well as links to buy Goodfellows on DVD or the Wise Guy book and all these great stuff on Amazon. And we get a little cut of it in return and we thank everybody who's done that. If you've got any questions, you can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. And until tomorrow, I, I got to go, go upstate and take care of everything. So What thing? I got that thing. The thing, the thing yeah. up there? Yeah, but you can't ride with me, only Connor. Oh, the murder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I go from a rags to return. My fate is up.